Welcome to episode 59 of Off the Shelf. Hi, my name is Rod Bergen, and I want to welcome you to this episode of Off the Shelf. I really want to apologize to our many listeners, and I know there are thousands of you from around the world. Almost two years ago, I recorded an interview with Jay Cox, a young man who was born into a family that followed William Branham. I released the first two episodes of that podcast and then ran into a time crunch. Between my role as president of Power to Change, the Canadian affiliate of Campus Crusade for Christ, also known as CRU, and my responsibilities as a husband, father, and grandparent, I simply did not have enough time to finish publishing the interview with Jay. Enter the coronavirus pandemic, and I now find myself at home. And while I still don't have a lot of free time, it's no longer safe to travel, which frees me up a bit. So, at long last, I am publishing the two remaining episodes with Jay Cox. I'm also contemplating season two of Off the Shelf, but we will leave that on the shelf for the time being. What follows is part three of my interview with Jay Cox. I will publish part four shortly. What about the one with uh, on American morality? He says uh, women will elect the wrong person. And he said that they did that when they voted for JFK. That when they voted for JFK, they elected the wrong person. That was a fulfillment of that prophecy. That's what he said. But did you know that the majority women's vote in 1960 was not for JFK? Based on the Gallup poll information, it was men that voted in JFK. Some women did vote for JFK, but that was not. And he didn't mention that prophecy until after JFK was elected. Again, it's more, it's all this after the fact stuff. I mean, I'm really good at prophesying after the fact. I just prophesied, I prophesied that Donald Trump would get elected. Amazing. Right? I can say that after the fact. That doesn't make me a prophet. It just makes me uh, a charlatan, maybe. But, but it doesn't make me a prophet. And because then you have to say, okay, well, let's look at, let's look at, and this is, this is, the, way I, this is the way my head went. Okay, if William Branham, if some of these are questionable, is he actually credible? Can I actually believe him? So you're saying, I can believe what William Branham says, that he told the truth. Is that what you're saying? Well, of course I am. Man, I think let's, I mean, let's honestly look at that. I mean, that female morality, I mean, that's honestly, and I know it's, he says American morality, but it, I think we're, it's perfectly obvious. He's talking specifically about women. Um, he even goes as far as to say, as their aprons will become the size of a fig leaf. Interestingly enough, I have done the measurements and that is the exact size. A uh, uh, fig leaf is about four inches down and seven inches across. That is just about the exact size as a pair of short shorts. Um, and again, I have done the measurements. It is right there. And of course, you can do them for yourself as well. Yeah, but um, you know what? That, that is, again, it's a bit specious to point at that. And I'll tell you why. And that is because uh, morality increases and decreases uh, depending on the culture. Uh, I've been in Pompeii in, in Italy, uh, the cities that was destroyed uh, by the volcano Vesuvius, I think it was in the in the first century A.D. And uh, that city 
you can go into uh, a house there and the paintings are still on the walls and it's pornography. It is straight out, flat out pornography. And what happens is that as society becomes more uh, wealthy and prosperous, prosperity creates uh, a culture that uh, increasingly goes to leisure and that culture moves, some portions of that culture moves into immoral behavior. And that's what you saw in Rome. So here we have today, now maybe William Branham was um, a bit of a visionary on this act. You know, this was something that I don't think specifically is is a um, a wild a prophecy. And I, I again, I don't think he made it in 1960, in 1933. Um, you know, he, he uh, um, mentions it for the first time, I think, in 1964. So, I mean, if it was a prophecy, why didn't he mention earlier? He said, well, actually, he mentioned it first time back in, in uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the morality was first mentioned in 1964. If this is an important thing in 1933, why didn't he mention it before 1964? Like, I just don't get it. If the prophecies, seven of them were made in 1933, why didn't he say, here are the seven prophecies, here they are, this is what's going to happen. Like, go back and look at it you're not going to find the seven prophecies all in one place. And that's why I call them not seven, but ten. He said he put them in the cornerstone of Branham Tabernacle. And a number of years ago, I think it's in the early 80s, uh, we've got the exact dates on our website, a car crashed into the cornerstone. And so they had to remove the cornerstone because it was cracked. And everybody from the church showed up. Branham Tabernacle, there's 200 people there. And the Branham family were there. They had someone open up the cornerstone and they looked inside and guess what was there? Do you know what oh, was well, there, and I am familiar there. You know, there was nothing there. I do know that. Um, and, I don't and think so they had to say the angels take Because we don't really have any of the original text of anything that but, we but, regard as But he as said he put them in there. He said he put them in there. I mean, to be that as it may, though, we, we, they, um, you know, Polycarp credible that... The, Polycarp said that the Old Testament wasn't Smyrna, and we've dug up a whole bunch of stuff in Smyrna. We never found the Old Testament. Can we not trust Polycarp? If we can't trust Polycarp, why do you think the 39 books in the Old Testament? No, but I'm, I'm not saying Polycarp was a was a prophet. I'm not saying Polycarp yes, but, was a prophet. But he is the one who he is the one who first codified the 39 books of the Old Testament that you currently look at. If you look at the history, right? And this is uh, very it's, brief it's, because it's I know Polycarp. It's irrelevant. I mean, to it's me, it's irrelevant. Because if he is not, if he's, if he can't be trusted putting those 39 books in the Old Testament, right, and keeping that binded Old Testament with the original revelation, by the way, which John allegedly, according to tradition, sent to Polycarp, right? And we never found that. And if that means Polycarp can't be trusted, then how do you know that the 39 books of the Bible that you currently because claim the are church, the Old Testament? the church has accepted them. The church has accepted them. And I believe the church is led of God, not necessarily. Since the apostles, I don't think that there is one single individual that you can point at as saying this person had the complete revelation of God. All of them, in fact, there's a, um, a theologian that I know and respect. He said every single theologian and spiritual leader since the apostles has got at least one thing badly wrong. And that is to show us that we are to trust God and not men. 
Um, but when I look at William Branham, and this is where, where I started going, I said, okay, okay, maybe I'm prepared to take William Branham to say that he actually, that he gave these prophecies and he actually is telling the truth. If he is, can I find anything else that would prove that he's not credible? Because if I can, he seems there's a doubt in my mind about his credibility. And so if he isn't credible, if he isn't credible, then there is some concern in my mind that nothing, that I can't really trust anything he said. And as the philosopher Nietzsche said, um, the problem isn't that you lied to me, the problem is that I can never believe anything you said again. So I will, and this is a, th a thing we really hang our, hung our hat on, because William Branham said this, uh, I stood right there in the Vatican City and verified it with the Bible. The Pope wearing the triple crown, vicarious filet How did I know the Pope had vicarious filet Had to take somebody else's word for it? How did I know the triple crown was on the Pope? On the Pope? the jurisdiction of the vicar of heaven and earth and hell. How did I know till I went and seen it? I'd been there, seen it myself, he said. And up there, over there, it's vicarious fili di, which means a vicar of the son of God. He says, he says he saw it with his own eyes and he is lying because it appears on no papal tiara and it, appear, it does not appear over the Pope's throne. Where it appears, the first time it appears, is in a document called the Donation of Constantine, which has been proved to be a 13th century forgery. And in 1875, Uriah Smith wrote, and we know William Branham used Uriah Smith's material, Uriah Smith said that, uh, that the, the vicarious fil D was on the Pope's mitre. And William Branham got it for that and then said that he saw it himself, which is a complete lie. A complete lie. It, it just, it, it, and you could go, go do the research. William Branham said he was under the cloud when they took its picture. He wasn't. He lied. William Branham said he went around the world seven times. He didn't. He didn't even go around once. William Branham said his Bible was miraculously saved in the 1937 flood. He was copying a, a newspaper report, he read, of something that happened in another church. Read the story of the man from Windsor. It changed so drastically over time. It can't be true. And even, I, go read what Congressman Upshaw said about his healing, and then read William Branham's account of it. It's not the same thing. So William Branham is not an honest man. He lied repeatedly across the pulpit. Now, when I actually came to that understanding, it was, I couldn't believe it. I actually, and even things, he even said things uh, regarding, and you can check these things out. He said about Billy Graham that claimed to prophesied in 1956 that Billy Graham would cancel his meetings and this would mark the end of his revival in the United States. I've looked at Billy Graham's records and he never canceled any meetings in 1956. So why did William Branham lie about that? He's trying to paint himself as being a prophet when he wasn't. He was not a prophet. Well, see, I think a lot of those have very simple answers to them. For example, the vicarious Philly Day thing is, I mean, first off, we do happen to know 
and this is actually pretty well established, that in 1986, it was actually the Vatican themselves who exhumed everything, or maybe it was 66. I don't know if it was 86 or 66. But nonetheless, it was the Vatican themselves who looked at the 20 surviving papal tiaras and said, well, nothing here says the vicarious Philly day. Well, I, so I'm sorry, I just don't happen to trust the Vatican. I don't happen to trust anybody. Who, and on top of that, I've heard numerous Catholic people. Uh, you can go to, you know, Pat Buchanan, or you could ask and some bishops like uh, Timothy Burke, as an example, um, numerous times, call him vicarious Philly day. Well, why would they do that if it wasn't a legitimate title? But, 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 um, no, but you, you, William Branham said he went there and saw it. Nobody, nobody can verify that. Nobody, not a single person on the face of the earth has ever seen that anywhere on a tiara. It's just not there. Nobody's seen it. So you can say, oh, they're just covering it up. Because, like, give me a break. Nobody's ever seen it. Like, give me some evidence. Well, I mean, come Brandon on. Wasn't is, lying. is the Vatican I, not, I can, not willing I can, to cover stuff up? I mean, really? I, I can really? tell you, and I get it. we've just got this year was covering up a Chilean sex abuse scandal. I mean, come on. Well, like, like a, people in the message cover up sex abuse scandals. So I went to a church that that happened. Like, give me a break. That That's just I human mean, nature. That's just laughable, though. That's just laughable. Come on. You, of all people, should be fully aware that the Vatican covers up stuff all the time. They covered up the Inquisitions. They covered up the... Crusades. They tried. They even try to tell you now that they never endorsed the Crusades, even though it was Pope Urban himself who called the first Crusade. I but mean, we have history. Just, we have evidence that's different. I just want some evidence. Not, I don't want. I don't want saying, "Look, it's just like people say." Well, oh well, you know, the sixteen people died on the municipal bridge. Do you think sixteen people died on the municipal bridge? I mean, again, I wouldn't be able to comment on that because I have never actually looked into that prophecy myself. Well, let me tell you this. If 16 men died on a bridge in 1928, because the bridge opened in 29, in 1928 or 29, when there was a big newspaper that the mothers, the fathers, the wives, the children of those men would never let their names be forgotten. We have two incidences of people killed, front page of the newspaper, 16 people, and, and, and people have said, well, it was just covered up. Give me a break. That is, that is completely, it, well, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's cognitive dissonance. Yeah. It it's has cognitive nothing to dissonance. Do like what, so what I'm saying is covered up has absolutely nothing to do with that bridge. It, I mean, the bridge is completely irrelevant to whether or not the Vatican covers up certain I know, but it's very relevant up. to William Branham. Yeah. You know, it's just like I'm saying he was not credible. And I've given you a bunch of of examples where William Branham, in fact, lied. He lied. All due respect, but there's really nothing here that you've been able to verify as a lie. The vicarious Philly Day thing, again, I just flat do not believe the Vatican. No, I'm sorry. Check, 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 the, I, check the page. I'll, I'll, I'll post all this stuff. Check the page on Billy Graham. Uh, did anybody hear the voice in the Ohio River in 1933? Uh, you can go and check this yourself. He said it was reported in newspapers up way up into Canada. There is no recorded newspaper. And all of these old newspapers are on, uh, you can now access them on the internet. You can go and search the newspaper. There is one, and we've had people scouring for this stuff. We have one newspaper article on 1933 and the Ohio River. Well, it's not the Ohio River. We have one single small newspaper report from the Jefferson Evening News in June the 2nd, 1933. Now, people have gone, and I, and I tell you this, Jay, 
I got a phone call from someone in, uh, this was in, uh, just after we put our article on the website on the Municipal Bridge, and I got a call from someone that I knew. I didn't know him real well. And he said, look, what research did you do? I told him all the research we'd done, historical research. He said, well, I don't think you've done enough. I said, well, granted. He said, I am going to prove you wrong. I said, have at it. I don't want to have anything associated uh, uh, with my name on the internet that is wrong. So if you can prove me wrong, I will take that information and I'm, I'm opening this up to you, Jay, and I'm opening it up to people who hear us. Uh, if you can find something factually wrong, then we'll change it. But it's got, you've got to have evidence. And so he told me, I am going to uh, do some research, my wife and I, and we'll get back to you in six months. Five months later, I got, a, I got an email from him saying, we've finished our research and we are going to post all of the research we found on a website. The name of that website is searchingforvindication.com. And I said, like, okay, well, uh, you know, don't keep me in suspense. Am I right or am I wrong? He said, no, you're right. Uh, and they were still in the message at that time. They started publishing, and then I think they came out of the message about a, m a month later. And we've had them on our podcast, and people can listen to their story and the research they did. They physically went and proved to them this was a big issue. If the Municipal Bridge vision was false, if William Branham was lying, they're out of the message. They went and did the research. William Branham was lying. All of the evidence has been posted on their website, searchingforvindication.com. You can go see it. You can read the reports. So, and they phoned me. And in fact, I was in tears when I when I read a message from 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 uh, from Joe's wife, Anna, who said to me, "Look, I just want to thank you for having the courage to post your research and your conclusions." on the internet, we're free spiritually now because of that. They said, they spent, said we went after you and your son because we were concerned to, that, that you were going astray spiritually. And so we left the 99 and we went after you. And so I, I, they spent 400 hours researching. Like I've never seen that love for anybody else in the message that would spend 400 hours because they, can, they cared so much about me spiritually that they were prepared to spend this time to prove me wrong. And what they did was set themselves free. And that was God. All right, well, be that as it may, and I'm not saying any of that story is wrong or right. I just want to be able to read it for myself, so don't take what I'm saying the wrong way. But No, no, you've got to do the research yourself. But, but uh, going back to this, let me just read you the report. Headline. And this is a little tiny little piece. We've got it, and I'll put the link to it. It's on our on our website uh, under an article called uh, "The 1933 Ohio River Experience." Fourteen converted. Fourteen conversions are reported in a tent meeting conducted at Eighth and Pratt Streets by the Reverend William Branham. That is the only thing anybody has been able to find, and I could tell you right now. If the message people haven't scoured and given us this, it doesn't exist. And I know uh, because people who were searching for this, like uh, the Baronies, uh, who, were, who, were, who were the authors of the Searching for Vindication website, they were looking. This is all they could find, one single news, news report. 
And William Branham said that it was reported. The papers carried a great article, Mystic Star Appears Over Minister at 2 o'clock in the afternoon while baptizing. There it was. He's saying this. The newspapers carried it. Now, Voice of God initially said, well, the flood happened and all of those uh, archive, newspaper archives were destroyed. Well, they weren't. Um, they're at the University of Indiana. You can go on microfiche and search all of this stuff. They weren't destroyed. There is no article. William Branham was not being truthful. Well, and again, like I said, that very well could be true. I will end up checking it out for myself. Um, I do think, though, I mean, we kind of are bouncing around here a little bit. And I want, the only reason I stress that is because there are quite a bit of points here that I don't think are proven at all. Um, yeah, you know, you say for the for the um, for the egg shaped car vision as an example that there were there were some egg shaped cars at that time, but we know very very verifiably. I mean, it's not non disputable fact that within the last decade there have been upwards of ten different egg shaped driverless cars that have been produced by different companies. And some of which are what? actually being driven now. Um, and we guess know what? as another, there have been cars that are produced, and I will post a video. If you haven't seen our video on the egg shaped car. You need to do it. It was made a little tongue-in-cheek, but uh, um, um, we were accused of being blasphemous uh, with respect to this video. But it's a video of all a lot of the cars. And when you kind of look at these cars, they're not egg-shaped. So when you say all of these cars are now egg-shaped, no, they're not. A lot of them are square. Uh, a lot of them are boxy. And are there some egg-shaped? Yeah, because that's guess what it's called, variety. People, some people like cars with curves. All the fast cars aren't shaped like eggs because it's not a great aerodynamic shape. So if you get a car that's doing any speed at all, egg is not the way to go. If you got a car that's going slow, egg's not bad because it probably looks better than a square, um, but there's lots of room. So this is just kind of, so you're going to have it curved, you're going to have it square. Some are going to be curved, some are going to get square. If it's going slow, it doesn't really matter. But if it's going fast, not going to be an egg. It's not going to be an egg. It's just not aerodynamically efficient. A lot of people aren't really in interested in having muscle cars. You know what I mean? Or you know, I guess muscle cars don't really go particularly fast in comparison to other automobiles. But point being that that is something that a select few in the population get. But cars in general have become more and more and more and more sleek over time, quite definitely. And a lot of cars... Sleek is not egg. Well, sleek is definitely getting closer to egg. And when you get to these driverless cars, they definitely are egg. <laughs> yeah, but somebody looked at me and said, you know, they said, like, this car looks like an egg. No, it doesn't. I mean, I wouldn't egg that, eat an egg that looked like that. Well, maybe a fried egg. Or maybe some of them look like fried eggs. Yeah, maybe. But again, I, I, like, honestly, if you say these are, these are semi-ambiguous prophecies, uh, you know what? Like, I just look, I want something that I... I've got things that William Branham made. They're clear. He made them, and they didn't happen. And that's the ones where you, because, again, it's a, it's a one-strike-and-you're-out test. If I can find one or two or three, which we've got, that didn't happen, I, I just say, guess what? You know what? God wants you to ignore William Branham. He even said uh, his critique of Pentecostalism was they are following manna that's, over 50, that's 50 years old, and Et died. Well, guess what? The message is over 50 years old. William died. Branham died over 50 years ago. Time to move on, people. Time to move on. See, I just don't see how you can claim that this is an ambiguous prophecy, though. He very clearly details what it looks like, and we do definitely have cars coming out in the last decade 
that look exactly like that. I want something standalone. I mean, if five people, so if Walt Disney, okay, so maybe Walt Disney should be my prophet because he prophesied egg-shaped cars uh, or prophesied driverless cars. So Walt Disney, and, and in fact, when I read what William Branham said, William Branham looked at Walt Disney stuff. He looked at the Newsweek stuff. He didn't make, he didn't see a vision. He saw Walt Disney's vision because they were playing board games and nobody's going to be playing a board game in a car. So I'm sorry. His prophecy I mean, was not, not true, though. realistic. I mean, first off, a tablet looks exactly like a board. It does. That is, people play checkers on their tablets <laughs> all the time. I do it daily. So you can laugh all you want, oh, but I play goodness. checkers and chess literally all the time on a tablet. It looks exactly like a board does. Put a board and a tablet right next to each other and a checkers board on top of them. You will know for an absolute non-disputable fact, if you are honest, a non-disputable fact that they look nearly identical, especially to somebody who has never seen a tablet before. Further, further, William Branham directly said that he thought that the Newsweek thing was a, um, you know, a fulfillment of his prophecy. And I get that. But as I have already stated, numerous prophets at numerous times have said that their prophecies were going to be fulfilled in their lifetime or as it was currently happening. And that wasn't the case. You are not supposed to be a perfect interpreter, interpreter of the word. You're supposed to be somebody who is giving the prophecies. And in the last 10 years, again, and this is not something that can be disputed. I'm sorry. Look it up. You have the Hyundais. You have the Google. You have the Pequots, right? These cars are in existence right now. They have started to come into existence as of the last 20 years. And you can... Wow. Given all of the lies that William Branham had, given you're ignoring everything and hanging your hat on something and ignoring the clear message of Deuteronomy 18, 20 to 22. If you can do that, that's up to you. I can't ignore Deuteronomy 18. I can't. It's the word of God. And William Branham isn't the word of God. And he said something that didn't come to pass. I'm out. I'm out. And you're not prepared to look at those, but you're prepared to focus on something and not prepared to focus on his lies and not even be prepared to focus on the areas where he clearly uh, got scripture wrong. Uh, and there's, there's clear things like that. Where, and again, he's pointing himself. William Branham says that eagles typed a prophet. Can you find me one passage in the Bible where an eagle types a prophet. There aren't any. I've gone through every single passage in the scripture. William Branham said, if a wife cuts her hair, her husband can divorce her. Where does the Bible say that? The Bible doesn't say that. William Branham said, that's what the Bible says. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't say that. There's, there's all sorts of things. William Branham believed that some Christians were required to believe satanic doctrine in order to be saved in prior ages. Where does it, well, how does it, how do you even get that? Like, these are things that just don't happen at all. Uh, William Branham said that time was created as a result of sin. Like, like, there's no way. You know, when I, when, I, when I look at other things, you know, William Branham said that God changed Saul's name to Paul. He never did. There, there's all of these things in Scripture, and we've got pages and pages and pages of clear, scriptural citations where William Branham was not in agreement with the Bible. Well, and I'm not even necessarily denying that you do. I'm sure that you've got, although I would definitely dispute quite a few of them. I just, as a perfect example, I am not a preterist by any stretch. And I, um, 
have seen quite a bit of preterist stuff on believethesign.com, whether or not that was you specifically or somebody who works under you, I guess I'm not really sure. Um, but just as an example. I, I mean, I, I take a fairly loose view of eschatology because I think there's lots of people, and eschatology for our listeners is the simply the study of the last days. Uh, the Greek word for last days is eschaton. So eschatology is just the study of the last days. And so our, our uh, is premillennial dispensationalist uh, dispensationalism, which actually wasn't believed by the church at all until 1850, um, uh, when a um, um, Plymouth Brethren uh, man by the name of Darby came up with this uh, systematic way of interpreting scripture. But prior to that, the church did not teach that at all. Uh, there was something called historic premillennialism, which is different than, than premillennial dispensationalism. Um, there is amillennialism. Uh, there are, you know, kind of four main views. And honestly, I'm myself, I would call myself a panmillennialist, being that, you know, I think it's all going to pan out in the end. From my perspective, when I look at, at uh, the book of Revelation, um, John is con concerned with the what and the why and the who, and, but he's never concerned with a when. So I don't know why everybody is spending all this time when it distracts them from the main mission of the church, which is to make people, just to go into all the world and make disciples of all men. And, and that's what we're to be about doing, not about fussing about which day of the week Jesus is going to come. Uh, going to return. Is he going to return? Yeah, I believe that. But, uh, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, that, that William Branham said some very strange things like pyramids don't cast a shadow, <laughs> right? Just like that's just a bizarre statement. It's, it's uh, uh, and he contradicted himself. He said, I'm God prophet. I never said I was a prophet. He said, millions will be saved and then maybe only 50. He said, don't leave your church to follow me. No, leave your church right now. Um, you can't tell if someone has the Holy Ghost. Well, yeah, you can. Only people that believe me, William Branham, have the Holy Spirit. Th these are things where I, I actually, you mentioned Kenneth Hagin's prophecy and we've got a video on the subject and Kenneth Hagin clearly said William Branham was gonna be taken from the earth. And, and I went and verified that this prophecy was actually made. Someone sent it to me. This was when I was still in the message. And uh, I said, oh, well, I've never heard of this. Why haven't I heard of this before? So we made a video of it. And, and in fact, Anna Schrader, who William Branham mentioned, was a prophetess, also prophesied William Branham's death because he was go he'd gone after the error of Dowie. And uh, Alexander Dowie was a guy who thought he was like William Branham. Uh, Elijah the prophet, the last messenger to the church, uh, led a bunch of people out into error, just like William Branham led a bunch of people out into error. And uh, Sister Schrader prophesied that if William Branham didn't repent, God was going to take him, and God did. And in fact, William Kenneth Hagin said he would be gone before the end of 1965. Uh, because he got into error. And so that's what happened. William Branham disappeared. Now, and I went and bought Kenneth Hagin's book, and I went and bought uh, the book uh, by Frieda Lindsay, verified, and these weren't what, what the books were about. Uh, both of these um, couple of pages on William Branham that were buried in the middle of these books. Uh, 
And I went out, and that really kind of was one of the things that started me looking, well, if William Branham was in error, where where did he go off? And then when we started looking, uh, we found some cracks, really. Uh, I, I actually started with the Bible, uh, looked at the whole science of textual criticism. Where do we get the Bible from? Can I trust the Bible? And which version of the Bible can I trust? When I actually found out that the Bible was very trustworthy, which is what you do if you do your research, I then started applying that same methodology to looking at the message, and the cracks started showing up very quickly. And I ended up saying, like, I can't believe this. I had problems. At one point in time, as my son said, I had no problems on my problem shelf. But we came to the point where there were so many problems, there was no more room on the shelf. And at that point in time, you have to say, you know what? I just can't go down this route anymore. William Branham. I came to the conclusion William Branham lied. He had prophecies that failed. And as soon as I found one prophecy that failed, I'm out. I'm out. And that's what I would I would uh, advise you to do. Look at the brown bear. Look at the African meetings vision. Look at the uh, municipal bridge vision. Because, you know, some people say, well, maybe he got the prophecy wrong. Yeah, but he lied about his fulfillment. So, like, one or the other, something's really haywire. And I just don't want to follow a prophet that is that haywire. Well, and I certainly do understand that, and I would even commend that, because, of course, nobody should be following a false prophet. Um, I, Like I said, I have quite a bit of experience uh, debating Muslims, right? And, of course, that's one of the key things that comes up all the time is Muhammad and whether or not he was a prophet. Of course, Muhammad never actually predicted anything in the future, so it's a little bit, it's a little difficult to get that. Not that that's the point, but, you know, I just to say that... Um, certainly do understand you never want to follow somebody who's false uh whose doctrine is false anything like that um and so i wouldn't actually just to be clear i wouldn't actually uh what's the word i was going to say commend but it's not condemn that's what it is excuse me um i wouldn't condemn you at all for saying anything like that i would just simply disagree with a lot of the interpretations which i think we've been able to kind of um establish where exactly the disagreements are there so far um at least in what has been addressed, I'm sure. We, well, I guess I don't know. How much time do we have left? We should probably kind of move into the end of this thing. I guess I would like to ask you, Jay, why should I follow William Branham? The question, the other question is, what is the status of people who don't believe in William Branham as a prophet? Please come back next week for the conclusion of our interview with Jay Cox as he seeks to answer these two important questions. If you have a question or a comment yourself, please feel free to go to our website at offtheshelf.life. There is a comment section at the bottom of every episode's webpage. Or you are welcome to send an email to me at rod, R-O-D, at offtheshelf.life. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share it with someone. Have a great week and thanks for listening.